reading is taken from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you are also where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has sinned me has sinned the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sophie, very much indeed, and a very good morning uh, to all of you. Uh, This morning we do begin a new series. Uh, The overall title is called Serve, and the subtitle is We Are the Church. And we're going to be starting with John 14 and John 15, and we're going to look particularly at, at what a theologian might call a doctrine of God, understanding who God is. And so we really ask all of you to come to this fresh Uh, Wherever you stand in your faith, maybe you've been a Christian for many years, Uh, maybe this is all new to you, maybe you're just uh, curious, you want to find out more, we just invite all of you, come to this fresh and hear what Jesus himself says about uh, the Holy Spirit. And we really hope we're going to uncover some great things. I want to begin by saying we are the church and we should be a community of love Primarily because God is a community of love, the Trinity. And there are many Bible passages that link together Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, link them together in a a complex matrix. 
and Christians hold on, certainly in English, to this one word, Trinity, to describe God, to make sure that we don't leave anything important out from what we say about God based on his word, and that we treasure and uphold the essential mystery of God. Now, the Bible's overwhelming and overriding emphasis is that God is one, unlike Israel's neighbors and other religions in the world today, many of whom believe that there are a host of gods, a pantheon, if you like, of gods. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is already being described as a personal presence of God, both in creation and in worship. So in the Old Testament, we've got the absolute oneness of God upheld, but we've also got the Holy Spirit right at the beginning, identified as an agent of creation, one who gifts us in worship. And then Jesus happens and explodes onto the pages of the New Testament. And even before his ascension, he is being named and talks about himself as the Son of God. And he's being talked about in those terms by God-fearing Jews who've spent the whole of their life unto that moment at believing more strongly than almost anything else that there is only one God. So Jesus in the pages of the New Testament is not a, a prophet. He's not simply an inspired human being. He is the Son of God. And then in the rest of the New Testament, we see with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit the way that we as Jesus' disciples are empowered. We are enriched to live for him. And in this opening section of John 14, we see Jesus use a very powerful and yet very intimate picture, both of his own relationship with God the Father and the way that he invites each one of us personally into the generous community of love of the one, holy, true, triune God. And the picture that Jesus gives is a really powerful one. It's, it's a, a devoted son. And a devoted son is going to go back to the family home to get everything ready for his new friends. Well, that, to me, seems to be an absolutely brilliant way to talk about the gospel. We just want a one or two sentence way of describing it. That's what we could say. We could say that Jesus came to live amongst us, showed us the way of love, showed it so strongly that he died in our place, and then he went back to heaven to get heaven ready for all the new friends that he is beckoning to come and join in the love that Jesus knows with the Spirit and with God the Father. Now, if all of this talk of Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if it's beginning to make your headache already, I've set myself a challenge, and that is to dedicate the rest of this sermon to summarizing what we mean by the Trinity, but I will only use words of one syllable. Uh, so I, 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 some, I've done this at nine o'clock. Someone spotted one word that I'd smuggled in that had two syllables, uh, for which open apology. Uh, but so do listen really carefully and see if I'm true uh, to my promise. But that's the challenge to try and describe in summary what is going on here but only using words of one syllable. So listen carefully 
uh, to check uh, that I'm honest and true. I'm deeply indebted to a wonderful theologian called Professor Mike Higton, who is Professor of Theology and Ministry at Durham University, uh, from whom I have borrowed. Uh, so this was his idea uh, originally. So here we go. Are you ready? Trinity, words of one syllable. This day, we set our minds on the fact that God is three in one. It is hard to get your head around. You might think it's the kind of claim that sits a long way from your faith. You might think that you need a big brain to get it right. You might think you need lots of long, long words. And what I want to tell you is that it's not like that. This is a truth that you can grasp. This is a truth at home in your faith. This is a truth that you can feel in your heart. This is a truth that does not need long words. Short words will do. God is more than our minds can grasp. We don't, we can't know how God's life works. And when we say that God is three in one, that's not meant to help us tie God down. It does not tell us how God's life works. It does not mean we get to say, oh yes, now I get it. Now I see what it all means. Now it all makes sense to me. No, it is not meant to help us put God in a box. In fact, it's meant to help us not to put God in a box. It's meant to point us to ways in which there is more to God than we might have thought, more to God's life, more to God's love, more to the way God shares God's life with us. To see what I mean, what I want you to do, all that I want you to do, is to think, what is it like when you pray? What is it like when you come to God and talk to God in praise or to ask God for help or to own up for things you have done wrong? Think what it is like when you pray. First of all, we pray to God as the one who made us, the source from whom all good things flow, the Lord who sits on the throne of the world, the one whose voice can make the world shake, the one who made the world and holds the world and loves the world. We here in our church or at home or in the car or out on a walk, we pray to this one. And though a lot of the time we might not give much thought to what we do from time to time, it might get through to us just what a bold thing we do. We pray to God. We talk to God. We ask things of God, the King the Lord of hosts, the one whose life is the fire at the heart of all things. That, on its own, 
should make our minds real. But that's not all. When we pray, we do not pray on our own. There is one by our side who prays with us, the one we call the Son. Hear these words. For God so loved the world, God so loved us, that God gave us his Son, his one Son, to be by our side, to pray with us, to pray for us. When we pray, our words join to this man's words and wing their way with his to the one he called, well, to the one he called Dad. We do not pray on our own. Don't think that there's you on your own down here and God on his throne up there and that when you pray, you try to throw your small voice up to God and hope that it might reach all the way. No, you do not pray on your own. There is one by your side who prays with you. God totes with you. A real man filled with God's own life. A man who is so filled with God that what he does, well, those are God's deeds. And what he says, those are God's words. And so when he prays by your side, that is God who prays by your side. He wants you to join in his love with his dad. We don't just pray to God, we pray with God, or God prays with us. Do I know how this works? How it can be that this is God too? No, I don't. And no long words can help us here. Why should I think that my words, my mind, could give me that kind of grasp on God? All I can say is that in some way, too deep for words, this man by my side is God. I don't need to know how it works. I just need to trust that it's true, to know it, to feel it, to rest in it. This is God by my side, and I do not pray on my own. So when we pray, we know God on the throne the one to whom we pray. And we know God once more, God by our side, the one with whom we pray. But that's not all. When I pray, let's say when I pray for a friend who is ill, when I cry out, oh God, oh God, please help my friend, it's not that I bring this friend's pain to a God who might not have heard of it, who might not have cared if I had not thought to pray. No. My love, my care for my friends, that's what I feel when I dip my toe in the stream of God's love for my friend. When, for a while, I flow in that stream or it flows in me when God's care, God's love, God's life flows through me. And so when we pray, when we yearn, when we long to see God work, when in our own small weak ways we feel love 
and care flow through us, that is God too. That is God in our hearts or God in our guts. God's life in our life. The stream that bears us up. We know that we can call out to God and say with his son, Dad, Dad, please help. And when we do that, when we know with at least a small part of our minds that each one of us is a child of God, that is the breath of God in our minds, the fire of God in our hearts, the stream of God's life in our veins. So when we pray, we do do not pray on our own. Yes, we have God the Son, God by our side, who joins our words to his. But more than that, we have God in us, God in our hearts, God in our guts, this stream that flows from God and flows through us. That too is who God is. That is part of God's life. That stream is God one more time. And so we say, though we don't know how this is true, we don't and can't know how it works, that God is not just the source, the one from whom all good things come, and God is not just the Son, the one who stands by our side and will not let us go, but that God is the stream, the flow, the one in whom we are caught up, the one in whom we rest, the one in whom we find our life. And we can know that too when we pray. So, there is a God, the one to whom we pray, the one to whom we look, to whom we call out, the one who made the world and who loves all that has been made. And there is God by our side, God once more, the one with whom we pray, God in this one who shares our life, this one who lives the life of God by our side, who poured out his life in love for us. And then there is God in our hearts, God in our guts, God one last time, the stream in which we dip our toes, the stream in which we long to swim, the stream which filled the sun and fills us too and bears us in love back to the one. The life of the one true God meets us in all these three ways. And all that we meet in these three ways has its roots deep, deep, down in God's word, all the way down in God's life, in ways that our minds are not fit to grasp, in ways that break our words to bits. One life, one love, one will works through these three to meet us when we pray, to catch hold of us, to bear us up, and to take us home. And that's why our words for God need to stretch. And so now I have to break the rules. We call the source 
the one to whom we pray, Father. And we call the one by our side, the one with whom we pray, God once more, Jesus. And we call the one in our hearts, the one in whom we pray, God one more time, Spirit. And that is why we call this God, the God we meet when we pray, the God we know when we pray, that is why we call this three in one God. That is why we call our God Trinity. Amen.